Um, so I've got something special. Oh, wonderful. Uh, this will be now two weeks ago. No. Three weeks three ago. Three weeks Three ago. weeks ago where, uh, where you did an episode on um, the declassified CIA UFO information. Uh, and we made a uh, we made a promise to uh, kind of take a deeper dive at that. Yeah. And let me tell you, that's what I did. Yeah, we promised to do a deeper dive into something else. The too. magic. That's the, what the it magic was. users couldn't for the life of me remember. Started uh, thinking it was all the deep sea uh, Nessie like clones, and that's what I started to research. And I was like, that didn't seem quite right. But I didn't go back and listen to figure out what what it was. That's all right. Uh, I realized on my drive here that we hadn't talked about that because mm-hmm. I like we were kind of like all right, one of us will do CIA docs, yeah. the other of us will do magic, and we didn't discuss which would do which. Yeah, so I was on my way here and I was like, hmm, I hope he didn't take a deep dive into those CIA documents. Yeah. I th- I thought for sure you were going to, and so I was like, well, I'll do the other one, and I couldn't remember <laughs> what it was, so I started looking up Nessie <laughs> and doing all those, and I'm like, well, this isn't going to be done in time. Because I didn't start it early enough. Yeah. Um, well, so there's a there was a couple of different links. Oh, welcome to my neighbor Mothman. This is our uh, cryptid, paranormal, real life X Files kind of yeah, kind of like an X Files yeah. vibe with a bunch of mini podcasts. Yeah, inside and, the podcast because we get distracted and crazy non sequiturs that yeah. lead to nonsense. We talked about high school last week for no we, reason. We talked a lot about high school. Yeah, specific. But let me tell you, the fans loved it. Absolutely. I heard Ate back from from Jim fans. <laughs> Wait, no, 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 no. Cut that out. Yeah. I heard back from, uh, wait, I lost my joke. Leave Bob, that, leave Bob that. Vance from, Le- from Vance of No, shut up. Leave that first one in. Okay. <laughs> leave that first one in. Leave this in. <laughs> Got it. No problem. But mix them up. Don't do that. I'm not going <laughs> to, I don't want to crit. Where we just kind of, we talk about what interests us. Yeah. Uh, we're, uh. Kind of, kind of getting towards the end of season one. Yeah, probably. yeah, yeah. It's approaching. Uh, we're we're getting there. Uh, we got a special already we, planned out for the season finale. Planned out in the sense that we know what we're doing. Yes, and the other party has agreed to do it. Yes, that's listen. That's planned out for that's, us. Uh, that's about as planned out as we, we don't get. tell each other what we're doing, and sometimes we might eventually end up with we're the gonna, same. We're going it's to. It's going to happen. It stresses me out so much yeah. every time, but I never prepare for it. Well, and then that, that that's one of my favorite, me either, because that's one of my favorite parts about this, is that it's a surprise even to us. Yeah, it's like a... I love it. The the cold open is like a one of us is like, oh man, I hope they love this one, and the other one is just like, please God, please, 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 Not please, please what i did please <laughs> what, we, what we have to do please is, don't talk about the cactus cat is if that ever happens the the second person has to start it off like just full straight like it's not the exact same topic we just talked I'm about i'm fine with that <laughs> well like all right so i was kind of like expect when i had the thought on my drive here that you might have also done the cia documents i, I was like it's like we'll just kind of do like a round robin yeah i was like we'll just kind of bounce back and forth yeah, yeah. Um, but onto the onto these documents. Yeah. Um, I want to start with a uh 
I want to start with a hard stance. Okay. Take anything the government declassifies to you with a grain of salt. Absolutely. To you, to me, to everyone out there. Look, there's a reason they're telling it to you. It's the Freedom of Information Act. But there, that, but there that, are some documents yeah. in this that are 70 years old. Yeah. There's no reason we shouldn't have. <laughs> if, if they wanted us to know about it, they would have told us 70 years ago. But, but what about the USSR? We can't upset the USSR. USSR disbanded in what? <laughs> I don't know. I, I wasn't that good at school. I didn't pay that much attention. Men did. A long time ago. USSR die. 30 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> so do not come to me with the USSR. That's, that's always my, it's like, well, we didn't want them to know during the Cold War. I'm like, it's 2021. Well, hey, I'm going to hit you with something. There's a lot of Russian documents in this yeah. dump. Yeah. Um, but so I, I'm not sure if this is the same site you got through. I, so I was on the NSA's website. See, I went through the CIA's yeah. website. Uh, and they have about 14 pages yeah. of... 20 different links with all of those links being anywhere from like two to like 10 pages long. Okay. It's everything. It's letters, it's memos, um, it's reports. So, uh, it's, I, I kind of just went through a lot of them. I read all the way through and was kind of like, all right, cool. But yeah. a, a good bit of it, I kind of like browsed over and I was like, oh, this would be a good talking point. That way we can kind of experience it. Together. Yeah. Because something like this, it's not like I can just go do a whole bunch of research. We're just going to read off documents. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so we're going to start with uh, the first document I've got here is from the Netherlands. Okay. Uh, report number 00B55478. Um, I'm trying to see if it's got a date on it. Looks like it's been redacted. Okay. Uh, I mean... Yeah. Just... Yeah, just, uh, just... You it's can't black see bars it. all over. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's like they do in like the movies yeah. and shit, where it's just all marked out. Um, so this report reads: uh, On July 24th, about 6:30, a big formation of quote flying saucers was seen above Arnhem. Uh, Mrs. Redacted and her four children, two sons of 16 and 13, and two daughters of 12 and 10, saw them coming in a V formation from the north. And they could see them for several minutes before they suddenly disappeared to the south. Did you see what they heard, though, the entire time? Quack. 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 Because <laughs> it was the Mighty Ducks in their V formation. <laughs> Never seen it? It's, it's pretty good. Uh, <laughs> I think it's on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, it is. D, I was going to say D2's on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, it is. So that's that's it for that one. And now we we'll move on to uh, this one's. You can see it. It kind of looks like a little smiley face up top. Oh yeah, I'm sure that's not what it was, but it's kind of what it looks like. Um, so this is coming from CIA Office of the Director. Okay. Pretty big one. Uh. Uh, and all this stuff is all so old. So like, even though it's been retyped, it just looks terrible. Um, this is uh, the the subject of this memo. Uh, this comes from the director of Psychological Strategy Board. Oh. Mm -hmm. so sub men who stare at goats scenario here. You'll know about that? That's a CIA project that they started to... to I don't know. I don't remember if how real this was. 
But uh, they would try to find telepaths. By having them stare at goats? Yeah, they were trying to kill the goat. Oh, sweet. All right, There's a up. whole, like, hey, George Clooney movie, I think. About it. I was going to say, I thought it was a movie. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so this is uh, to Director of Psychological Strategy Board Subject Flying Saucers. Um, I am going into the report. Bullet point one. I am today transmitting to the National Security Council a proposal in which it is concluded that the problems connected with unidentified flying objects appear to have implications for psychological warfare as well as intelligence and operations. Uh, the background for this view is presented in some detail in the rest of this document. Uh, bullet point three, I suggest that we discuss at an early board meeting the possible offensive or defensive utilization of these phenomena for psychological warfare purposes. Oh. Um, it is the purpose of this study to determine uh, what concern to CIA, if any, the problem of unidentified flying objects. Um, fucking, and then the rest of it gets so hard to read. If such, such an interest is found, steps that should be taken to improve CIA's intelligence position as experts uh, or as it relates to national security. So this is them going, hey, UFOs might have like some kind of... It, they want to use it for psychological yeah, warfare. Yeah, exactly. I want to see if I can find this dated. Um, yeah, this was... Uh, that, that Men Who Stare Goats thing was a non-fiction thing that happened. The U.S. Army... Uh, was trying to uh, militarize paranormal activity. Nice, love that. <laughs> yeah. um, but yeah, this is a this is a twenty six page document that goes into oh. this man's whole idea of how we could use UFOs as psychological, yeah, as psychological warfare. warfare. Yeah, and how to defend against it. Yeah. Moving on to office memorandum. Now this one we've got a date on. Okay. February 9th, 1953. Okay. Um, this is to the assistant for operations of OSI, and it is from the chief uh, contact division in uh, Colorado. Uh, and this is uh, the subject line reads, California Committee for Saucer Investigation. Oh. Um, there was the... the the government's initial CSI branding yeah. was for saucer investigation. Oh. Um, and this report is uh, starts off, recently a member of the Los Angeles office had occasion to hear Dr. Walter Rydell tell something of the activities of the California Committee for Saucer Investigation, CSI. His comments may be of interest. Um, Dr. Rydell indicated he was formerly chief designer at the German Experimental Rocket, Rocket Center at some German name. <laughs> He's been in the U.S. as a paperclip scientist for some years. He is now a project engineer in the aerophysics department guided missiles of the North America Aviation Corporation. Okay. So this man was a German experimental yeah. engineer. And is programming working, guided missiles. Yeah, working as a rocket scientist. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he gave every impression of being a competent scientist, especially knowledgeable on rocket matters. He seemed a balanced person, not given to fixations. Uh, and then it just kind of goes into what 
the CSI does, how long it's been around. And then we get, that's just a copy of the first page. Um, apparently an interest is also directed towards the USSR for reactions to sightings as reported in the, yeah, I can't read that word, it's too broken. Um, <laughs> uh, this interest is also evident in the paper entitled Rockets Behind the Iron Curtain, presented before the annual convention of the American Rocket Society in New York City on December 4th, 1952 by George F. Sutton, also of Aerophysics Department. Um, so this is a, hey, we think the USSR yeah. got some stuff going yeah. on. Got some stuff we don't know about. Yet. Hey, I know I'm a German rocket engineer. But what's going on with the Russians, yeah. am I right? Um, so one of the more, like, the overarching things that I found reading these documents is there was a lot more going on officially beyond, behind the scenes than, yeah. than anyone ever knew. Yeah, oh yeah. Uh, we're going to get into, at some point, uh, there was a official team at Colorado uh, University that was being paid by the Air Force to investigate UFOs. Oh. Like, they had a professor in charge of it and everything. Yeah. That apparently they were just normal teachers that they were like, hey, you guys want to go, uh, you guys want to go check out some UFOs? It's the 50s, baby. Let's get groovy. <laughs> I know that was the 70s, but we're moving on. Okay. To the, uh, oh man, what was the title of this one? I skipped over it. Non-orbit sightings of unidentified flying objects. We've got a, a good report here. Okay. Uh, this is uh, over 1953 and 1954. Uh, this was this memo was distributed May 26th, 1954. Um, so we've got Western Europe. First three items in the section may refer to incidents cited in another document in the item entitled Explosion in Sky Breaks Windows at Dieppe. Oh. Yep. Um, in Belgium, ball of fire seen over Brussels uh, January 10th, 54. On January 7th at uh, 0-420 hours. That's the weed number, nice. baby. Nice. A Sabina pilot preparing to land at Melsbroke Scythe. Ball of fire low on the horizon moving in a north-northwesterly direction. The ball was white, edged with green, and was followed by a long trail. The phenomenon illuminated the whole sky, and the pilot supposed at the time that it was a green rocket signal set off by the airport authorities. Since the latter denied this, it was assumed that he had seen the same light which was seen over Dieppe. Um, We don't get any information on what went on in Dieppe. Uh, France, fiery disc seen at Eris. Casablanca, Le Petit, something, January 8th. <laughs> at approximately uh, 04, 27 hours on January 7th, so seven hours after it was seen in Belgium. Yeah. Uh, a fiery disc followed by a luminous trail was sighted in Eris, France. An observer, <laughs> I can't read any of that. Yeah. Oh, an observer stated that the disc remained motionless in the sky for an instant, after which it flew away and disappeared over the horizon. Uh, French astronomers are convinced that the object which exploded over Dieppe recently was an exceptionally large meteorite. 
Uh, fun fact, uh, fire that burns green is copper. Copper planes, baby. So, so, thing, so, thing, so things made out of copper burn green. Interesting. <clears throat> I wonder, what, were we making things out of copper like that in the 50s? I mean, it would have been used in, like, still the wiring. But yeah. That's what I, I immediately went to, was like, what color is hydrogen burn? Because I was thinking of the Hindenburg. Right, and I was yeah. like, okay, maybe it was an old Zeppelin still flight flying around, um, but no, we're not done yet. Celestial phenomenon at Gamo. I don't know what that means. I don't know where Gamo is. Uh, AFP for a few seconds. Inhabitants of Gamo Cote Dior department. Recently, date and time not given. Observed in the sky a red ball surrounded by a triangle. The phenomenon moved on without leaving a trail. The same observation was reported by several witnesses from two different other places. Hmm. And that's a weird one for me. Yeah. That that's a very much like cartoon. That's a very X Files UFO. Yeah. Ball, the, of, ball the, of red light with a triangle around it. Yeah. I'm trying to find what red. What does red? What what does red fire? So now we're moving on to uh, uh, Algeria. Cigar-shaped object scene. A cigar-shaped object flying towards the northeast at a high altitude and leaving a trail of smoke behind it was recently observed by thousands of people in several parts of Algeria. That one could just be a rocket. Yeah. I don't know what rockets were like in the 50s, but they're probably cigar-shaped. Yeah, yeah. Thinking back to like the, the 50s project, and because you were there, yeah, you're yeah. I'm not that old. Because you're less old. older than I am. Y'all are both old. How does it feel to be so old? <laughs> Still got those tall boys with twisted tea in there for my nice. next video. What? For my for my next TikTok. Oh, for your next TikTok. Yeah. Oh, everybody, you need to shout your TikTok out. <laughs> nope, I have one TikTok. Okay. Uh, luminous disc sighted over Constantine area. At 10.30 hours on January 12th, 1954, a flying saucer crossed the sky over St. Armand in the Constantine area. The phenomenon was witnessed by many persons. It's not right, CIA man. Yeah, yeah, it is. Wouldn't it be people? No, you use persons or persons in that text. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know what the languages are. Yeah, the English is stupid. <laughs> uh, the weather was very good. All good. And the visibility was excellent. <laughs> the witnesses described the object as a luminous disc moving from west to east, leaving long trails similar to ribbons. Its speed did not appear to be great, but it was impossible to determine its altitude. It disappeared quickly over the horizon. Now we're moving on. Unidentified object over Algiers. According to statements by several persons... A round, luminous, yellow-orange object appeared in the sky over Algiers at 15.25 hours on January 27, 1954. It was moving in the direction of Cap Matafu. <laughs> I like the, uh, these are all within very close time Yeah, it's range. all like two weeks. Yeah, and it's all the same report of the same triangular orangish-red. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. Um... 
Uh, object grew larger until it was two or three times the size of the sun. Excuse me? I'm assuming I think that, it was getting closer, I bud. Say, I assume it was just getting closer. We are teaching this person about depth perception. Then it, wait, <gasps> then it diminished in size and disappeared on the horizon, sinking seemingly into the sea. Could be extra dimensional. Air rods? Could, could, could ling linger in there. Man, 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 oh man. Yep. Gracie Mae's trying her hardest to get into trouble. Just trying to get in between, like, where the couch is coming up. <laughs> uh, on March 1st, 1954, numerous bathers at the beaches near Montevideo observed a flying saucer, a sort of metallic disc emitting in yellowish reflections. It remained stationary for two minutes of an altitude of several thousand meters. That's like, I, I when it's a sustained like suspension, just there, chilling there. Yeah, that's the scariest part. Two minutes. Two. That's minutes. a long time to it's just a very hang long out time. in one spot. All right, so that's all from that report. That was yeah. a lot. That was yeah, a, a lot. You've got all within about two and a half weeks, and then March. Yeah, but yeah, They're corroborating the same shape. Other than the cigar one. Yeah, but a yeah. lot, a lot and of flying green. discs, a couple of triangles. Uh, a lot of trails. Yeah. Get trails. No, no. <laughs> um, so this is a, this one is on the CIA website as interview with deleted. Oh. There was a lot of stuff that was just interview with deleted, letter to deleted. Interview with a vampire. Never seen it. Who's in that one? Tom Cruise. And a bunch of other people. For a second, I almost said Johnny Depp, but that's uh... Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> uh, I hate you. This is a stupid podcast. Now, what was that vampire movie he did? Dark Shadows. Oh yeah. Oh, it was terrible. All right, so we've got interview with, and like it's straight up just like scratched. Yeah. Out. Uh, after interviews with three of the four observers involved in the flying saucer event, there still appears to be nothing to confirm the existence of these or other particularly unconventional type aircraft. It appears more likely that the aircraft observed were normal jets, or at the very best, aircraft with high rates of climb. Since Redacted seems to have been the prime mover in sending the original dispatch and ascribing so much confidence to the observation of these saucers, it is imperative that he to be interviewed alone. Furthermore, he should be able to provide some expert testimony relative to the... Uh, can't read that word, word. Which has not been mentioned in any previous correspondence relative to this trip. It is my understanding that G2 is holding back on interviews with Redacted uh, ostensibly in order to wait for a joint interview with him and Redacted. I would recommend that we try and avoid this procedure at all costs. This is from Herbert Scoville Jr., Assistant Director of Scientific Intelligence. So this is, they interviewed three people who saw a flying saucer. Mm -hmm. And one dude was kind of being, like, giving them the facts, and they said, we need to talk to him alone. Avoid getting him with these people at all costs. Yeah. Which is, uh, kind of scary. They were, and they were also like, oh, these flying saucers, those are just jets. 
Oh, she better fuck you oh, up. Oh, yeah, absolutely. She better fall off the couch is what she's about to do. <laughs> Calm down. Um, wait. I like that this also, like, did, did anything you came across come up in the, like, same storyline? Did you watch that documentary about Bob Lazar? I haven't Max. yet. Uh, <sighs> Yeah. <laughs> no, I haven't, but I will. Yeah. Cuz I I'm I'm trying to like think as you're as you're listing stuff this see if there's anything that that like he might have yeah, been part of. That he might have been part of. Well, or he like is told in a different version of the same story in that. Yeah. Uh we're about to get to my favorite part of this whole dump. Okay. Which is a uh report from October 19th, 1955. Okay. Um, this is reported sighting of unconventional aircraft. Uh, just starts off. The objects reportedly sighted, redacted, are described to be similar to Project Y, which oh. is in the research stage at Av- Avro Aircraft Limited, Canada under contract to the U.S. Air Force. Okay. Now, have you ever heard of Project Y? No. Well, let me tell you. We're going to get into what Project Y is, and then we'll come back to that document. So, uh, Project Y refers to Avro Canada VZ-9 Avro car, which is a aircraft Mm -hmm. that was being developed in Canada under contract of the United States Air Force that looks like this. Uh, for those who can't see it, that is a circle with a jet turbine in the center of it. It sure is. Uh-huh. It which would uh, which would emit, if if memory serves correct, a orange to red hue out the bottom of it. Sure would. Now I know what you're thinking. Oh, man. That must mean that this is what all flying saucers were. Wrong. Oh, this aircraft never got above 18 feet above ground. Oh, okay. So this is reverse engineering, then. Is what the, this is them trying to duplicate? Interesting. Yeah this this was one of the first tries at a uh, VTOL. Yeah. Flight, which is a vertical takeoff and landing. Um, and the reason this interested me so is that so this guy just kind of seemed to come up with these concepts oh they created an entirely new engine to fit in this flat disc shaped yeah um saucer and as far as anyone can tell no one knows where he came up with it interesting so we've got a a disc-shaped aircraft. You good? Yeah. She she's just pulled out a toy from under the couch, like out of nowhere, and then Love she and then she put it back under. Love that for you, Gracie May. Um. So yeah. So this guy seemed to just kind of come up with a new engine, mm-hmm. design a new shape of aircraft, completely. Just change up the game. It's rather suspect. And it just didn't work. Interesting. But the Air Force 
said, hey, man, go ahead, do your little... Yeah. What's do your little thing. And then, uh, you want to know what happened when it didn't work? What's that? The United States Air Force buried the existence of the project. Yeah, that sounds about right. I thought you were going to say the United States Air Force killed him. I mean, it's possible. Uh, do you want to see a picture of it in action? Yeah. Wow. So that's got like a guy in it. Yeah, it's it's one person. Yeah. It is like uh for anyone um like the old like old like high performance race cars. Yeah, yeah. Like in yeah, like yeah, Ford yeah. versus Ferrari and all that where it's just a one person cockpit. That's basically what it is. Um and it's literally just like a like a something out of the Jetsons. Uh oh and I'm sorry. It was not 18 feet off the ground. It was 18 inches off the oh, ground. Oh, so that was... We saw it at its, at its max. <laughs> at, at its at its uh, peak. So, yeah, so it did bad. So now we're going to go back to this document. Yeah. This uh, reported sighting. Um, so, uh, do you want to know how much they paid this guy in Canada? Uh, I'm going to guess... What year is it? 1955. I'm going to guess uh, $13 million. Well, 800000 Okay. Which is still still That's, a very yeah. large amount for 1955. Yeah. But not $13 million. <laughs> I, I was like, I was like it, can't be, it can't be insane high, but yeah. Yeah. Um, so the uh, several design studies have been made on Project Y. Mm-hmm. The present study calls for a circular wing 30 feet in diameter and about 1.1 feet thick. Okay. So you are literally just going to be sitting in it. Yeah. Just straight-legged. Your chilling. toe is going to be pointed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Project Y is being directed by John Frost. Mr. Frost is reported to have obtained his original idea for the flying sauce, flying machine from a group of Germans just after World War II. Okay. Now, Nazi scientists were really big into uh, aliens and the yeah aliens and the occult and magic and any uh, artifacts that they thought could help win the war. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting. Yep. And then there's a, a fun sentence right after that. Okay. The Soviets may have also obtained information from this group. Well, shit. <laughs> Just out of nowhere. <laughs> Excellent. Um, since two objects were reportedly seen in operation at one time in an area where it is most unlikely that experimental flying would be conducted, it is likely that these objects were um, experiments in service. That would indicate very rapid progress in the development for the Soviets. It does, however, seem inconsistent that the Soviets, if they have such an object in service, would continue their large development and production programs on conventional type aircraft. Yeah. So people saw UFOs and the United States government said, ah, it's probably just like the thing that we're building that we can't get a foot and a half off the ground. But I bet the Russians have got it up in the air. But also, if the Russians can do that, why are they just yeah. making normal why jets? Would, yeah, why wouldn't they keep making the UFOs? Yeah. So, so real clear there. Yeah. Real clear there. Op- open and shut case here. <laughs> it's got to be the Soviets. But it might not be the Soviets. 
Do you want to expand upon that? No. No. We're the United States government. We'll we'll talk about it in I also 70 like, years. I also like how we didn't bother uh, trying to build it ourselves. Eh, let Canada do it. They've got the magic syrup that'll let them fly. <laughs> um, since our first information on Project Y in early 1953, ASD has been on the alert for information which might indicate that the Soviets were working on such a project. Prior to this sighting by Redacted, no such information has been available. In order to properly evaluate the report by Redacted in group, it will be necessary to have additional information and details of the sighting. The Air Force has made arrangements for technically competent persons to question the party. Okay. You know what that sounds like? Men in Black. Yeah, it does. It sure does. So it's being handled by top men. By technically competent men. So they double down on gotta be the Soviets, but it might not be. Yeah, but if it isn't... We're not gonna talk about it. <laughs> it's gotta be the so. If it's not the Soviets, then it's the Soviets. So that's it for that one. Okay. That, that was my favorite part of this yeah. whole dump. Yeah, because that's more compelling because you showed me a picture of a UFO. I did show you a picture with of a man UFO. in it flying it. Uh-huh. From Canada. From Canada. So what you're saying is Canadians are aliens. That explains the syrup. <laughs> There's no way syrup that tastes that good can come from Mother Earth. You went to a little JFK there. Yeah, but JFK from Clone High yeah. <laughs> and not actual <laughs> <Yeah>. JFK. <laughs> now I like I think I I don't think I can just start at a JFK from Clone High. I think I've got to slowly work into it cuz yeah. I'm I'm sitting here trying to like make my mouth move in a way that would do that and I just can't think yeah, of there, it. Yeah, there are certain like yeah sounds that it's like I'm doing a voice It's like all right, I got to I got to move my throat weird here. Yeah, like my favorite voice to do. Yeah. What's that? The man who is oh, never yeah. wrong. <laughs> hey, did you see Joe Rogan say that? No. Did you see Joe Rogan say that Alex Jones is right about most things? Oh no. I mean, listen, Joe Rogan's been on a in a mental decline for a while now. Yeah, Joe, Rog- Joe Rogan's very adamant that Alex Jones knows it's, what he's talking about. It's probably all the hallucinogens he keeps doing. Uh, that he should stop because he's in his 50s. No. Because it's making him crazy. But if he doesn't do that, and he doesn't make the podcast, I what are boring, straight white men going to make their personalities? He also is a stand-up comedian and hosts UFC. <laughs> Fuck, that is all boring, straight white men, isn't it? He, he also hosted a reality show. God, that show was so good, though. Some, some thing is like Joe Rogan expands in ways that are nonsensical. Sometimes I think about Fear Factor, and I wonder did did they come to Joe Rogan with Fear Factor, or did Joe Rogan come to them with Fear Factor? Yeah, that's a that's a chicken and the egg sort of scenario that we have with reality television. Because there. I can't tell if it was just the best casting of all time and it's made Joe Rogan who he is, or Joe Rogan was sitting at home going, "How can I make people pay? How can I get money to make people eat cockroaches?" Yeah. 
And that's that's one of the funniest things to me is by like season two, he's done. He's done with it. Yeah. So either he's done making people eat gross stuff or he was never into it to begin with. It might be one of those things where he thought he was going to be really into it. And he was very excited. And then he was like, oh, but ew. It's like, cool. Now, now do five seasons of it. It's like, oh, no. And then take a 15-year break and then come back and do two more seasons? Uh, one Ludacris more season? hosted a season. He did, didn't he? I thought Joe Rogan came back and did it again. He did. I think, I think like the second or third revival. I don't know. My brother likes that show. I Fear Factor was good. I say that. Yeah. I, I don't know if I'd like watching Fear Factor now. I don't think I That's can watch it. Like, I remember fondly watching Rock of Love with Brett Michaels and Shot at Love with Tila Tequila. Going back, if I, if I tried to go back now and watch those, there's no way I'd be able to stomach it. It's yeah. so gross. Sorry, Gracie Mae's losing her mind. Yeah, yeah she does that. Uh, you can check out my Bite account to watch uh, her Shut go up. crazy. Shut up about your Vine too, <laughs> Right? That's what that was? Yeah, it was. Okay. Um, all right, we're moving on. February 9th, 1956. That was a loud one. <laughs> yeah, she'll just throw herself against the ground. <laughs> this is a... This is a special report. 1H. Analysis of reports of unidentified aerial objects. Project Blue Book by ATIC dated May 5th, 1955. Okay. In accordance with reference one, this division has assumed responsibility within OSI for non-conventional types of air vehicles. This is so entertaining. Yeah. Um, it's not at 3 a.m. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> um, so this, this is a report basically going through and uh, creating a new division. Um, under the OSI, yeah, which is like that's it, that's it, yeah. ADD they, I think it was just a, the, a rebranding of that California committee, of yeah, saucer investigation, and just just detailing what their responsibilities were, which was a lot of. Uh, let's see. So, all right, this division proposes to handle this responsibility in the following manner. A. Files will be maintained in ASD on incoming raw reports where, in our judgment, the subject matter may provide information bearing on foreign weapon systems research or development. Those reports which fit under A above and also could conceivably provide information on foreign fundamental science developments will be forwarded to Fundamental Sciences area for review with a request to return to ASD for filing. Um, so there, the big thing their division was doing was, hey, do we think, do we think the Soviets could be doing this? If so, let's take a look at it. Yeah. If not, who cares? <laughs> that's that's it's the most very, American approach say, to anything. It's a very U.S. government approach. Yeah. Does it directly involve me? No. Who or cares? The Soviets? Does it? Does it have anything to do with the imaginary problem I've created to hate an entire country? Did Chris Paul just caught an alley-oop? Did he? That man's going to have knee surgery tomorrow. <laughs> he can't be doing that. He's too old. He is too old. Um...
Oh, this is one I bookmarked before I actually get to read into it. It's uh, It was called Photographs and Background on Unidentified Flying Objects Seen by Ralph L. Mayer. Which I thought it was going to show me the pictures. Yeah, no. Didn't. Those are redacted. <laughs> you can read about them. Actually, it's deleted. Oh, that's even more damning. Yep. <laughs> than redacted. <laughs> All right, this is, is... We need to get rid of these. This is case redacted, closed. We have contacted Dr. Davidson by telephone, advising him that we cannot resolve his problem concerning the space message and its transmitter because records on the matter have been destroyed by the evaluating agency. Oh, oh, this is a new kind of uh, dark because this. Oh, they talked to him. Space message. He got he got talked to. Uh, Davidson accepted this statement with the comment that he had been told this before, that he now had a second article for publication concerning Air Force handling of space sightings in the hands of the Pentagon Security Review people, parentheses, which he thought was mild enough to pass, parentheses. And he hinted that he might wish to take upon, take up again at a later date the matter of this particular message. So then they talk about how hard everyone worked, and then there's a whole paragraph that's been redacted. Oh. And then we are sure more will be heard from Davidson. Interesting. Now, there's a lot that you could uh, try and make out of that. Yeah. In the way I looked at it, as someone who is a well-documented big fan of the United States government, was that this man might be being experimented on. Yeah, very much so. They ran some wild uh, experiments in like the 50s and 60s. 60s, yeah. Yeah. You know about the dolphin one? They give Dolphin LSD. Yeah. 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 Dolphin hand job story. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a great. If you've never heard about that, go look that up. It's absolutely hilarious. Don't. Um, but yeah, so like that one, that one grabs you. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Dr. Davidson's getting space messages. Uh oh. Everything got deleted. Yeah, I'm okay with that. <laughs> oingo boingo. <laughs> and then. Mr. Davidson's cool with it. Someone's already told him this. Redacted. We're sure we'll hear more from him. Oh, no. Sure sounds a lot like this man's actually getting space messages, or they're giving this man space messages yeah. to see how it affects him. And they're just telling him it's... They're gaslighting him. <laughs> they're space lighting him. <laughs> um, let's see... Oh, this is this is a cool. One. This one is titled uh, "Reported Photography of Unidentified Flying Objects." Uh, it doesn't say who it's for or from. It's it's been redacted, uh, but they say uh, it has come to my attention that a civilian, very long redaction, has been experimenting with new kinds of films and uh, which he has been exposing through a telescope set up in his backyard here in Washington. Oh. 
During the course of his uh, photographic experiments in the last three months he managed, it is reported to me to photograph on a number of occasions geometrically shaped flying objects as they pass between his telescope and the moon. I have not seen these photographs and have had no business to look for some, but I have had them reported to me as a result of our investigation of redacted uh, photographic process, which reportedly delivers a very high degree of resolution. Incidental to the examination of some of these high-resolution photographs at his home, one of my men, redacted, did notice the objects reported in a questioning of the man found that he had photographed different groups at several different times during the past three months. Very long redaction. However, I would not like to overlook some evidences of an often reported phenomenon which might be of interest to redacted and to the intelligence community generally. So he's he, he's getting multiple photos yeah. of UFOs through a new way that they haven't yeah. been doing. Third bullet point. Redacted. <laughs> a lot of redactions. Reports to me that the photographs of these objects were remarkably clean and certainly indicated a phenomenon for which we had no ready explanation and for which in the past he found some considerably amounts of interest, particularly in Redacted. I do not wish to get involved with Redacted. If there is no interest in Redacted in these reported materials, and I would therefore welcome your counsel and suggestion as to how we might get our hands on these materials to examine them firsthand and to make a com- more complete analysis of them. Redacted is exceedingly cagey in his handling of these materials and would not permit anyone to borrow any of them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't either. I fucking bet, big dog. These. What's real funny to me is my brain is like filling these in like Mad Libs. Redacted. Yeah, with filling in the redacteds. Uh, Doctor Oingo Boingo is exceedingly cagey. <laughs> it is in no interest of mine to flabbergast. <laughs> like, he's very reluctant to release farts. <laughs> like, like that's what my brain's doing over here. Yeah, he's like, anytime I can throw in like bad, just mad libs, it's <laughs> the worst. <laughs> All right, this is coming from December sixteenth, nineteen sixty. Okay. At about six fifty four p.m. Wednesday, December 14th. Um, I had the radio on, and so this is coming straight from the civilian. Yeah. I had the radio on and was listening to a program, the second three-star report, which would fix the exact time. I looked out to the left, about due east, and saw an object that looked like a meteor, except that it was extremely large and almost like a disc, not like a point of light. It was a greenish light, but green and quite visible to me. I may have picked it up as soon as it appeared, but it was visible to me at an angle of an elevation of about 50 to 50 degree, 55 degrees, and it came down to within about 20 degrees elevation. Of course, it is impossible to estimate, dis- estimate distance as I didn't know what I was looking at. My first impression that it would land in the Detroit River. Is moving at an angle to the vertical of about 10 degrees, running off to the right or the south. It eventually burned out before it got to the ground. The thing which astonished me about it was that it was not 
the meteor it was not meteorite season and it was much bigger than anything i had ever seen it was definitely incandescent and of a very high temperature okay so we're back to green a decade later yep we're back to green in the detroit river okay thought it was a meteorite and then it just disappeared now, and it was not meteorite season, which is a thing I didn't know existed. Yeah. Because they'll be like, go outside this state in the summer and you'll be able to see you know, meteor, meteor shower. shower. Yeah. It's it's magic. Getting, the next two documents are my second favorite part of this whole lot. Okay. Uh, first part of this is a UFO photographic information sheet to be filled in. Oh. So this was, if you saw a UFO, this was a document you filled out and gave yeah. to the CIA. Uh, information on camera. Name of camera, camera manufacturer, lens number, and other data printed around the lens. For the camera bug, what was the focal length of the lens camera combination you were using? Date pictures were taken. Time of day pictures were taken. To the nearest minute, if you can. Oh, Direction you were facing at the time of photography, north, south, east, west, etc. Your location at time of photography. Indicate location on maps such as road map and show direction you were facing when pictures were taken. The direction of each 360 degree ground orientation picture. Sketch of details of area you were standing when when photograph was taken, including such things as telephone poles, fence posts, buildings, etc. Where was the original negative processed and when? So that's telling me, hey, you caught something of ours on camera. Hey, where'd, hey, where'd you find my baseball? Hey, uh, you should. You, what, what, what precise time were you facing north? Hey, Tuesday, uh, four p.m. Uh, and and where did you see my baseball? Where'd you have that film processed so we can go? Uh, and when did you do that again? Talk, talk to them. Uh, so now, second part of... Second favorite part. Yeah. Guidance to UFO photographers. Oh. They're going to teach you how to take pictures of UFOs. Have camera set at infinity. Fast films such as Tri-X is very good. For moving objects, shutter speeds not slower than one one hundredth of a second should be used shutter and f-stop combination will depend upon lighting conditions dusk cloudy day bright sunlight etc if your camera does not require such settings just take pictures it's literally what it says in this official cia government document just take pictures um do not move camera during exposure take several pictures of the object as many as you can if you can include some ground in the picture of the ufo if the object appears to be close to you, a few hundred feet or closer, try to change your location on the ground so that each picture or few pictures are taken from a different place. A change in position of 40 or 60 feet is good. This establishes what is known as a baseline and is helpful in technical analysis of your photography. If the object appears to be far away, a mile or so, remain about where you are and continue taking pictures. A small movement here will not help. However, if you can get in a car and drive half half a mile to a mile or so and take another series of pictures this will help after pictures of ufo have been taken remain where you are now slowly turning 360 degrees take overlapping eye level photography as you turn around 
By this technique, the surrounding countryside will be photographed. This photography is very valuable for the analysis of the UFO you have just photographed. Your original negative is of value. Be sure it is processed with care. If you can, have another negative made from the original. Any reproductions you have made for technical study or analysis should be made from the original negative and should be printed to show all the picture, including the border and even the sprocket holes, if your film has them. Okay. So that that reads less to me like, hey, you saw what, what was ours. That reads more like, hey, hey. Did you see something? Hey, what, what'd you see? Please tell us. Get in the car. Drive like, no, 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 drive no. like half a mile closer and and take some more pictures. There, uh, for the for those wondering what the pause is about, uh, they just set up a baby, a baby basketball room uh, to set are, a basketball on. We we're watching the the dunk contest yeah. at the halftime of the All Star game. Okay. And uh, yeah, this is like a like a like a basketball goal thing you'd put in like a bathtub for a baby. Yeah. And they set a real basketball on it and stuck it to the backboard. No, those are. He did jump very high. He did. But I still don't know if I see the point in what was done. No, that seems like a lot. It also, seems that like mask isn't on quite right. No, it's okay. They're doing their best. Yeah, he jumped real high. Yeah, that's all that dunk was. Was look how high I can jump. Remember when Dwight Howard did that? No, Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard was like, "Hey, make this higher than it has to be." Yeah, I'm gonna put a sticker on it. I am gonna put a sticker on it. I like the uh, blow out the birthday candle on the cupcake one. I don't remember who did that, but that was a good one. I don't remember who did that either. <laughs> I really liked the one Aaron Gordon did a couple years ago uh, where he jumped over the mascot who was on a hoverboard. Oh, yeah. Which we now know were ticking time doms. Yeah. That's I said a, doms. Yeah. <laughs> ticking time doms. Ticking time doms. That's just all Fifty Shades of Grey is. <laughs> Thank you. But yeah, no that that one did read a lot like, "Hey, uh, you can tell me if you saw something." I mean, I know what you're, I know what you saw, yeah. but just, you know, what do you see? Yeah, yeah. Like, I, like <laughs> you know, I just want to know, like, what, what do you think it was? Oh no, no, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what? I'm just testing you. Yeah, this is this is about what you think. Yeah. Fucking fucking government knows about all the UFOs. All right, this is Air Air Force request. I'm not gonna read this whole document. Yeah. Air Force requested to classify CIA material on unidentified flying objects. When the Air Force is involved, I'm always interested. So th- there's about eight documents pertaining to this request where a team from the Air Force was part of reporting a sighting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And wanted it declassified so that they could put it out. Yeah. They wanted to, like... I I think at one point it literally says, we want this out in the media. And the CIA declines their request. Yeah. And they make about five more requests for this one incident to be declassified. That's, That's pretty interesting right there. All it's like a three-person team from the Air Force who's saying, "Please, please, 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 to classify this." Yeah, and the CIA just saying no. And then there's a bunch of letters from the team trying to declassify it to like the director, being like, "Hey, 
we want this out. Yeah. And him just going, mm, no. Oh, I don't really feel like it. <laughs> uh, Genie, does it sound like there's a bug in here? Let's see. I think I saved a whole bunch of documents from those requests. Um... Uh, this is so this is a fun one there's no date on it so I'm not sure when this happened but this is a letter from uh, this is a letter from a CIA official to uh, Robert J. Palmer who is a research editor for the Americana Institute in New York okay so I mean theoretically we could find an Time yeah. frame, yeah. Um, dear Mr. Palmer, in reference to your February 21st uh, query, is that how you say that? Yeah. Okay. Please be advised that all governmental... Oh, okay, now I see. It says 1961. Okay. So this is after... This is the latest document we've got so far. Yeah. Uh, please be advised that all governmental responsibility for UFOs has been charged to the Air Force. We regret that we are unable to be of specific assistance to you in this matter. So this is, I believe, three years after the request for declassification. Yeah. All of all of the UFO study has yeah. been turned over to the Air Force. Okay. So that's fun. So that opens a door for more documents for me to go find. Yeah. Air Force documents. Air Force documents. And it's just a bunch of, did you guys see that we beat the Navy team? Man. Hmm. I wonder, I wonder if I can exploit exploit the Air Force document thing a little bit. Why? Because my, my granddad was in the Air Force during the Cuban Missile Crisis. My grandfather was a pilot in the Navy. <laughs> in the 60s? Yeah. Might be able to. The problem. My problem is there's no one uh, around that can tell me anything from that era. I've got my grandpa. See, you've got your grandpa. Yeah. Hey, Grampy Hal, if you're listening, let's talk about UFOs. Did you see, did you see those aliens up there? You can tell me. I don't know what this accent is or where it came from. <laughs> you can tell me if you saw the aliens up there, old man. I love you very much. Sorry, I missed you when you were town last week. Didn't know you were up here. <laughs> All right, here we go. Uh, this is this was talking about earlier with the University of Colorado. Yeah. So this is for this is from Deputy Director for Intelligence, subject U.S. Air Force contract with the University of Colorado to report on the UFO situation, February seventh, nineteen sixty-seven. Okay. So we're getting more and more modern here. Yep. As verbally reported to you during our morning staff meetings, the U.S. Air Force contract with the University of Colorado to investigate the UFO situation is now underway. This is, contract is a set at $325,000, I think. I can't tell if that's $325 or $325,000. Yeah. Because I can't tell if that's a period or a comma. Uh, and is scheduled for completion in 12 months. Doctor, and then I can't read it, it's too broken. Formerly director of U.S. Bureau of Standards and now professor, leads the project at the University of Colorado. Let's see if that one's any clearer down here. 
no, it's not any clearer down here. Okay. So this is just them saying, hey, we got a contract with the University of Colorado, the Golden Buffalo. That sounds right. Smart boy. All right, moving on. February 9th, 1978. Uh, this is from the Minneapolis office uh, to the chief of domestic collection of division. He's wearing a Tracy McGrady jersey. <laughs> so I was like, that's was not like, you. But he pulled up the T Mac uh, jersey. At 4 30 on February 8th, 1978, uh, Redacted, who works for Redacted, hmm. reported information that uh, on February 8th, 1978, Farts, who works for the <laughs> Farts Department. <laughs> there you go. That's what I'm talking about, baby. <laughs> that's what we came to see. Tell us about the Farts. <laughs> the good stuff. The Gabagoos <laughs> um, reported information that might relate to the Soviet satellite that fell in Canada on Tuesday, January 24th. Okay. He said that while going to work a week ago Friday, January 27th, he was on the bridge in Redacted, going over towards Redacted. He was on the bridge in Farts, going towards Farts. <laughs> I mean, you gotta, you gotta marry it up, but yeah, you get the gist of it. <laughs> I wasn't very good at Mad Libs. <laughs> <laughs> and he observed an odd object coming down in the sky. No description was obtained. We said we would pass his information to the Air Force, and if they wanted to contact him for more information, we would give the Air Force his name and telephone number. For the record, in the event that anyone is tracking UFOs, we forward the following. And then redacted, and then redacted phone numbers which I can assume are just this man's is just this yeah. man's information, which, uh, made me think that there was a, uh, there was an X-Files thing going on. Yeah, absolutely. Where, uh, Hey, anyone know anyone curious about aliens? Give this dude a call. Give old farts McFarts a call at fart, 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 Thank you. Ugh. Thanks for coming, everybody. No, you just use a uh, an operator and have it connect you to fart. <laughs> this is this is why Alexa does that fart thing. Um, I know I'm not going to read through all of these, but I I think these are my last two documents. Okay. Yep, they sure are. Uh, this is a, a this first one is a report from August eleventh, nineteen eighty nine. Now, it, I didn't notice this earlier. Um, unattributed report warning tip: ban on flying saucers. They banned them. Oh no! <laughs> no more flying saucers. Um, this report they is cut titled, it out, guys. <laughs> hey, I thought we said no more. Aliens. I said knock it off with the crab ass. No more UFOs. <laughs> knock it off with the unidentified flying objects. <laughs> uh, this report is called "Farmers Burning Straw to Make Up for Delays," um, which is a report saying, basically, if you think you saw a crop circle. It wasn't a crop circle. Yeah. It was just a farmer who was burning some straw and the smoke from from the from it made what you thought was a saucer. 
Okay. Nineteen eighty-nine. My parents would be seventeen. Yeah. Hey, is that a UFO? No, you silly goose. The farmers are clearly burning, burning their straw, straw, and that's just an optical illusion. It's just the smoke you're seeing, you silly goose. Now let's let's go home and check out that new program, The Simpsons. My parents didn't watch The Simpsons. I was just giving a time frame there. My parents went, all right, let's go home and, I don't know, shovel snow. <laughs> hey, do you want to go watch uh, University of Maine's football team? Uh, wait, they don't have one yet. <laughs> and they won't for many. Oh, OB Toppin, what was that? What a name, by the way. Yeah, no, right? So we've got that one. And then we've got a uh, another report. This is the... Res- I don't really want to go into this one because I... I mean, I guess I could read it and we could figure out how it connect- connects to this CIA doc- document on UFOs. Yeah. This one's called Results of Youth Poll on Religious Issues. Okay. You, you know what? Let's just go through this one. What are we at, time-wise? Uh, 106. Whew. This might be a two-parter. Eh, maybe just one yeah, really long. Yeah, we've had longer. All right. Uh, this is an article by Y. Groshina under the rubric Sociological Laboratory. Are we religious? Question mark. I don't know. Trying to figure it out. We're asking the youth. Yeah. We're polling the youth. No one knows better than the youth. <laughs> the kids know. The process of renewing society has made the problem of the human being. Boy, we're starting off strong. Yeah. The youth say that? His spirituality and morality paramount. In this connection, a great deal of attention is being given to questions of the attitude toward religion. Religion is spelled wrong. Good job, CIA. Excellent. The level of acceptance of religious culture and its place and role in spiritual culture and in the life of contemporary society. The Scientific Research Center at the Higher Komsomol School of the All-Union Leninist Komsomol Central Committee conducted a sociological study on the subject. I read ahead a little bit. Yeah. They questioned... 420 representatives that's the weed number of the youth intelligence and college students in Moscow and in Leningrad including doctor doctors teachers engineers and representatives of the creative professions okay when they said youth I thought they meant they were asking kids. teens. Yeah, yeah, they were asking the teens about what what was going the, on the, on TikTok. The, the Russian teens. Hey, Russian teens, what's TikTok like? They attached a swing to one side of a build skyscraper and another side of the side skyscraper and are swinging between them. What? Have you not seen those videos? No. Okay, I got a video to show you later. What are you talking about? They, they attached. You know those? Uh, they're like the swings that are like a circle that have one rope. Have you ever seen those? No. You're talking about a tire swing? They're kind of like a tire swing, but they're a little plastic, like seat. Oh yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I know yeah, what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
it was is there, there's a video of these people in Russia with attached to the top of a skyscraper that they live in and are jumping off swinging on it. Hell no. I don't want to watch that. <laughs> um in addition, young believers in the non-traditional religious grouping of Hart Kashana were questioned by the identical methodology. On the basis of the data received, we can say that the interest in religion, above all in religious culture and the ethical side of religious teachings, is quite high among the youth intelligent. About 40% of all the young people surveyed were familiar with the religious literature, mainly the Bible, less commonly the Quran and the Talmud. Talmud? And the interest shows most market, most markedly among the creative and intelligence. So they're saying that everybody knows, look, everybody knows the Bible. Yeah. You know who loves the Bible? Creative people. The smarties. The, the smart and creative. Yeah. Which seems off. It's a different time back then, though. I mean, you're right, but it was... It's, it's still Stalingrad. I guess it was 30 years ago. Man. 30 years ago. Creative people. Creative, very smart people. Are like, you know what we love? I mean... The even, Bible. Even growing up, like, the religion was still really big. And, and we're in the deep south here, so that's... Yeah, I guess that's fair. My parents weren't very religious people. Yeah, neither, neither were mine. Well, our... Families are both from the north. Well, correctly, but my well, mom's half, not half, yeah. half of yours. Yeah, my my mom's family's from Tennessee, which is also still like and and her granddad hey, was a pastor. Let me tell you, as someone who's been in Tennessee a lot in the last yeah. three months, them motherfuckers love them some Jesus. They do. They sure do. I thought commerce was bad because like downtown oh, yeah. downtown commerce, there's like six churches. Yeah, and and, there, and there and there's like forty people. So, yeah, so I don't and know where three Mexican one. restaurants yeah. <laughs> in a Zenith factory, <laughs> which I don't think is in operation anymore. But anytime I see that sign, I'm like, oh, oh, there's the the place that uh, binds the books too. There over on I, I, Mount Olive Road over there towards the yes. there's a, there's a place that that makes books. Yeah, I had a bunch of friends on high. The dude that nearly tore my ACL senior year works there. Yeah. Son of a bitch, Dalton, if you're listening to this. <laughs> you ruined my chance at collegiate tennis. And happiness. <laughs> um, young people are attracted, first of all, by the historical and literary value of these works. Okay. In their answers, they often speak of the humanism and wisdom expressed in these monuments of religious teaching. It is interesting that some respondents consider the Bible's prophecies timely for the present day. They consider them a kind of futurology. This is found most commonly among students. Responding to a question about the reasons for the uh, preservation of religious feelings... Almost half of the respondents agreed with the statement that in ordinary ideas, there is a mixture of national and religious concepts, that it is often impossible to separate national from religious traditions. Perhaps this is why the growth... Oh, I'm not reading all this. There's like four more pages of this. Oh, yeah. All right. I mean, you could tie that in with... um... I lost my train of thought. Never, never mind. If you have an idea of of how we can tie this in, 
Go for it. While I try to get my brain back. I'm going to read to the end of the article. Okay. I'm not going to read it out loud. I'm just going to kind of skip yeah. real quick. But I, uh, I, man, I had somewhere I was going with that. And, it, and as soon as, as soon as you finished there, it, it left my brain. It sure did. No, no, it's not coming back. It's not coming back. Uh, along with the youth intelligence, these same questions were answered by a group of young believers, followers of the Hare Krishna cult. The answers to questions about the level of teaching of history and literature are practically the same for both groups. But 70% of the believers of the cult gave a negative assessment to the role of humanitarian knowledge received in school. Hmm. Um, I remembered what it is. So because of the way that... This is going to get a little... I'm going to talk about the Bible a little disparagingly here. But... Much like the way that zodiac signs are written, they're very vague and open to interpretation, so you can uh, you can so you read can into to them it. and yeah, relate to what you were trying to get to. The Bible's been rewritten so many times that it's at this point written that way, so you can see whatever you're looking to get out of it in it. Well, yeah, that's that's the whole reason that people are still preaching. Yeah, exactly. That you can look at any Bible verse and every person can Interpret react it to it differently. Yeah. yeah. Which. Man. Religion's so. Like, I know it's weird to, like, kind of hate on religion for, like, just blindly believing in something. Yeah. As we talk on our cryptid podcast. Hey. <laughs> But I have a much easier time believing in a giant ape out in the woods. That we have photographs of. Yeah, rather than... Albeit shitty ones, but... Yeah, rather than like a... Man, this this episode took a turn weird, here. Weird religious turn, yeah. Turn here at the end. Uh, thanks, I mean, Russia. Yeah, fucking thanks, Soviets. <laughs> uh, I found a paragraph. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, what no. a stupid sentence. <laughs> I found a paragraph. Uh, actually, I'm going to go with two. While traditional, uh, canonical religious culture uh, attracts the attention of about half of the respondents, a majority, 80%, are interested in questions linked to mysterious phenomena of nature and the human mind. UFOs, telepathy, telekinesis, the biofield, and the like. There's a notable infatuation with dream books, horoscopes, fortune-telling, and the like. Although 36% consider all of these things a kind of game and something to do from boredom, 32% of the young people surveyed link fortune-telling with a hope to avoid dangers and unpleasantness and a desire to know one's future. And almost as many say that they have encountered cases which verified certain signs, predictions, and so on. I would like to point out one other aspect of the problem of non-traditional religion. This is that because of a certain... Uh, I can't read that word. It's the print so bad. Yeah. And primitive... Something in uh, primitivism. And the so-called neo-cults are unable to perform the religious uh, compensatory function and cannot serve as adequate means of individual social adaptation. Therefore, uh, politicization of the activity of non-traditional religious groups is almost inevitable. 
this is confirmed by foreign experience and by our own domestic experience. Most of the existing associations to which one degree or another have a religious or pseudo-religious orientation are drawn to consolidation. Steps are being taken to work out common ideas and programs whose purpose is to form a political organization of believers, persons united by space religion, and so on. In comes Scientology. I was going to say, it very much feels like a, Which, we just need one religion. Yeah. And not no space religion. Oh. This has got a very anti-occult feel. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it does. Do you think you'd ever join a cult? Obviously not now. They're I I feel like they're not willingly or tricked because I could I could be I could be duped pretty easily. <laughs> I was gonna say willingly. Oh, uh, willingly probably not. Hmm. I think we could all look. We're doing a we're doing a podcast about cryptids at 10 p.m. and I've had a lot of show. Is it 10 p.m.? Yeah, it is. Yeah, I've got an hour drive. <laughs> Fuck me. Yeah, we gotta wrap this up and go. Um. I think we could all be pretty duped pretty easily. But uh, I, I ran into this when I was watching the Waco docuseries on Netflix. Yeah. I think he could have got me in there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not I'm not super well versed in cults. It never uh, they never really grabbed really me as scratch, a topic. Scratch your itch. Yeah. Uh neither was I, like and I think that came from like the the very relit- the very little religious aspects of my childhood that we had i was on i was i knew cults were bad yeah and then as i got older i was like were cults actually that bad or are we just scared of them um because i at one point thanks to tom delong's uh interference with my brain mm-hmm. was pretty interested in freemasonry for a while yeah um, yeah and it and still like it still intrigues me well, I made the mistake of telling that to my mother at probably about 16 or 17 years old. Uh, and at the time, my mom's friend was trying to start up a church. And we would have, like, youth group on Wednesdays at his house. Yeah. Which was, like, me, uh, like, one of his kids, like, a niece, a nephew, a cousin... It's basically just his family and me. Yeah, we had. We, I had something similar with uh, Colby and Schimmel and the Adams extended family. James Schimmel. Mm-hmm. Oh man, I haven't thought about him in a minute. Um, well, so I tell my mother about my vague interest in Freemasonry, and uh, you want to know what happens at the following youth group? What's that? Oh man, it's really laid into me how Freemasonry is literally just worshiping the devil oh boy this is also the first youth group i decided to bring one of my friends to cool and we uh we sit through an hour and a half about listening to how demonic and uh devil worshiping freemasonry is and then we get in the car and he goes didn't you say like last week that you were kind of looking into freemasonry and i was like yep 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 and i went there and i uh, like i was sitting in the car and i was like hmm this might be a problem I have with religion in the future. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that was fun. Uh, yeah, no, I think I could be tricked into a cult. I think I would willingly sign up for a cult. 
I think I could. I, I'm able. I'd probably have talked into a cult if they call it a space religion. Yeah. See, there we go. Day one. Well, and that's the thing. Like, I have no interest in ever being in the military. Right now, as soon as the as soon as the United Naval Space Federation, you mean the Space Force? No, I'm I'm talking yeah, about, talking the, about Master the Galactic Chief. Federation. I'm talking about the Master Chief style. We gotta fight aliens, kind of. Like, Sign me up, baby. Let's go out there and take on some, take on some, some, some gray skins. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, Roswell. Beat his ass. <laughs> <laughs> this week on Cryptid Fight Club, Roswell, Roswell. beats the smoke out of Levi. <laughs> beats him to dust. Um, I wanted to be in the military for a while. Jake says, hey guys, want to join my space religion? Yes. <laughs> Wait. Oh no, you've done it. <laughs> I've been duped. <laughs> uh, I don't know, are you going to tell me that we're not allowed to have sex, and then, but also you can have sex, but that's because space god is okay with you having sex, but no one else? And also when the government comes knocking on your doors... Uh, one side is going to fire a shot and then the whole thing is going to go to hell. Because if you got me interested, that's how Waco happened. What does that say? Fools, this is a cult. Ah. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> ah. Ah. Shit. Alright, we should wrap up. What do you say? Uh, I'm technically the government. <laughs> this is a government funded cult. Oh god. This is what he's doing with his last round save earnings. Yeah. <laughs> starting, a, starting a space cult. Um but yeah, so I, no real cryptid fight club, no yeah, criminal no, court. Yeah. Uh, we've already ranked the government at fourteen out of ten. Yeah. So this they, uh continues that standing. It this stuff's very interesting. Yeah, absolutely. It was I was up this is why I didn't get any sleep last night. Yeah. Is that like eleven? I was like, I should get enough to like I'll get like a couple of these pages, have a jumping off point, and we can just talk for a little bit. And then it had been four and a half hours, and, yeah. I, and I had read every link that they had in that dump, which I'm sure is different from the NSA dump. I'm yeah, like, I, dude, I hope there's an Air Force dump because that that's something I'd be interested in. Um, but yeah, th- thanks everyone for listening to uh, my neighbor Mothman. Yeah, this is a special extra long episode about the. About, about them unclassified documents. Yeah. They're they're so interesting. We needed to come back. Absolutely. And we will we will come back again. Absolutely. This was uh what did we call that one? Just call it unclassified yeah. documents. Part two. Yeah, there we go. Part three, maybe. maybe. Like and follow. Yeah. Tell your friends. I hate when people do that on TikTok. I do too. Like, just tell me. Just you're doing Especially, it anyway. Especially when they do it, and then I go to their profile to try and find the and it's, second. And it was part. like a year and a half ago. Yeah, and there's yeah. 80 videos. I'm like, man. I really want to and know. And none of them are labeled part three. And I'm like, what am I going to do here? I just scroll down until I find the just watched. And I click onto that one. And it's part eight of a different series. And I'm like, yeah. all right, I'm not Great. interested in your yeah. content. Um, but yeah, so uh, this was this was very heavy on the UFO. Very light on the distractions this time. Yeah, yeah. This for, was especially a, this for us. Yeah, this is a focused one. Uh, uh, you can follow me personally on Twitter at uh baby mothman uh come to me for all news uh do you want to know what i'm thinking about at 4 a.m when i'm drunk off the cool refreshing taste of a bud light lemonade seltzer 
Levi, where they can where, uh, you where... can find me on Twitter at Levi Carver, L E V I S Carver. Uh, if anything washes up on shore, send me the link. Like weird things washing up on shore might be my favorite version of cryptids because who knows what it is? We have we have to wait months to get lab results. We yeah. can speculate wildly, and we will absolutely. Uh, you can also send that directly to us. Yeah, uh, on Twitter at Mothman Podcast or at uh, that Mo- that Mothman Podcast at Gmail. Um, I know what you're thinking. Levi creates some good content on Twitter. Where can I find him on TikTok? Same username. It is. L-E-V-I-S Carver. That's what I was looking up over here. Yeah. Make sure I opened TikTok yeah. and I had 18 notifications. Yeah. So that'll be fun later. Yeah. Um, I wish I could turn off the live notifications because I don't right? care. Uh, actually, I, I watch a couple like Call of Duty people live on oh, TikTok because it's, it's weird. Do you know that gamers are using like compression sleeves now? Yeah. Yeah. I had to figure out why. The blood flow. Well, most of what I was seeing was so it doesn't rub your arm on the oh desk. Oh my gosh. And I was like, you being a fucking baby. nerds. He's a controller like a man. Because I think I've sent you a couple of those TikToks. Uh, Jordy2D, who does yeah. the Sonic thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He plays in just like a Nike Elite sleeve. And I was like, what? why? Because he's elite. Because he's elite. That man plays Call of Duty at a level that's very close to mine. <laughs> <laughs> um... But, uh, hey, speaking of esports, if you're interested in them, yeah. follow Last Round Save. They're doing big things in the Valorant community. They're the eater of worlds. Yeah. Uh, Breaker up of teams. Man, that's that's my favorite favorite thing. <laughs> it's not even on purpose. It's not on purpose. and It's, it's not passive. It's not with malicious intent, yeah. and they don't like... It's not like they're like, all right, let's... Uh, Let's destroy these teenagers' lives. Yeah, they just win, and then those that person that's in charge you know of those teenagers gonna, is just like, I hate these teenagers. You know what's gonna happen is they're gonna play Cloud Nine again on Icebox and win this time, and then and the Cloud Nine's gonna disband, and and we're <laughs> gonna get the Cloud Nine kids because they're playing with Yoshi. <laughs> Man, yeah, yeah, right. Yoshi's building them strong connections right now. Yeah, I was sitting there, and as I saw that he was streaming with him, I was like, "Oh man, Yoshi's poaching Cloud Nine players for when we eventually disband." Yeah, that's that's the direction that that's gonna go. <laughs> or Yoshi's gonna be on Cloud Nine. It's those are the only two options. Um, but yeah, you uh, let's see, I'm trying to think. Of, oh, shout out to Coralie, username at l y c h a n underscore. She designed our artwork for us. She did a great job. Looks Absolutely. beautiful. Love it. Mothman's so cute. Have we, either of us, watched that movie yet, though? Mm-mm. Shit, we should do that. Oh, yeah. <sighs> yeah, no, haven't haven't done that. No, we were... Put a, I put the uh, I put the logo on a shirt, by the way. Oh, nice. Is it is it up? It is up. It is in the Bored Nerds store. Boardnerds.store. Oh, yeah. Did you, did you make them? Did you get one? Hmm? Not yet. Oh. I, I did it today. Oh, nice. Yeah. Along with a uh, prototype Cryptid Fight Club. Nice. Can't wait to see that. Put that all over my human body. Yeah. Wait. Uh, Cryptid Fight Club needs a... Are you human? That's the question. What are you going to do? Are you going to call me a gray skin? <laughs> Xenophobe? No, the xenomorphs. 
end the fucking podcast. All right, do some warnings. Warnings. Don't be a xenophobe or a xenomorph. Uh, don't follow Levi on Twitter. Levi's being mean to me and Roswell. Follow Jake on Twitter at your own risk. You find his at because I'm not giving it. Um, don't go outside. Don't get a dog. Are they secretly aliens? Who knows? Um, don't believe that the Yeti is white. He's not. You're whitewashing cryptids. And the podcast. <laughs> <laughs>